All right, James, time to put your legal hat on. Give us the disclaimer. This podcast is for educational purposes only. We are not doctors, but rather we're just trying to educate the general public to be better informed in their well-being decisions. Pop quiz. What are you not? A doctor. I've handsome. You're also not a doctor, <laughs> so you pass. Uh, if you're considering medical cannabis prescription, make sure to speak to a doctor. The, the, there are a couple things on the agenda today, Johnny, that you had flagged uh, throughout the week is interesting. The, the, the first one was uh, the update on cannabis driving laws or specifically some research that has come out um, suggesting that CBG tests might be better than THC for impairment. I know that in driving regulations in Australia, whilst, as we talked about in, in an earlier episode, like Victoria is in the process of changing, it looks like New South Wales and WA are taking positive movement, a big sticking point. For driving regulation has been well unlike uh roadside driving for testing for alcohol where you've got the 0.05 test you can't really have a similar thing for thc so, so it's been a big talking point is well how do you confirm that somebody who has a medical cannabis prescription and does test positive for thc how, how do you test impairment if not testing the thc levels in their body so 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 what's uh what was the the research saying about cvg yeah, so there was some new research that uh, came out um, to study other ways of testing for um, uh, cannabis use, recent cannabis use. So that's what we're talking about here. I'm not talking about impairment specifically, but impairment uh, can be uh, indirectly assumed by your recent can you know cannabis activity so whether you, how how long ago did you smoke a joint so or how long ago did you um, ingest some um, some oil that may have THC in it um, so the THC is the current cannabinoid that is tested on the roadside and it's a pretty bad cannabinoid to test because it stays in your system for a very long time. So you may have consumed THC cannabis yesterday night and then this morning you're um, test still testing positive for it even though you are clearly not impaired. Um, so this research focused on another cannabinoid which is called CBG, cannabigerol, and that is the precursor to THC. And it found that um, CBG stays in your system uh, a lot uh, a less time than THC. So it's very um, quick to be metabolized. So what that means is, uh, and they had, um, they had different cohorts of people. So they had people who only smoke occasionally and they had another cohort of subjects um, that are, are daily users. And um, even amongst the, the daily users, there was uh, a baseline level of a CBG in their system um, that was uh, unable to be detected after a certain amount of time from when they last consumed cannabis. Same with the occasional users as well. They in the occasional users, they basically couldn't detect CBG at all until that person had consumed some cannabis. Then um, 15 minutes after the consumption, they could, um, they could see that CBG was there. Um, but after an hour or so, it's completely gone. Wow. So, yeah. Um, 
so uh, so what that means is uh that cbg this research indicates that cbg might be a better cannabinoid to test on the roadside than thc anything would be better than thc <laughs> anything it's so it's so outdated it's so bad um that it's yeah it's just completely wrong to test for thc um to test if someone is impaired by cannabis um and um it's looking like i mean it wasn't it wasn't perfect results so it um it wasn't a hundred percent accurate but it just goes to show that um there's research being done to test other cannabinoids and that maybe we should be testing for other cannabinoids um instead of thc for roadside impairment um in roadside tests yeah mm. for driver impairment so thc would be worse than my suggestion of standing on a line walking and touching <laughs> touching your nose the old-fashioned way that's yes yeah. <laughs> yes i think asking someone who's highly stoned to, to walk on a line and <laughs> and touch their toes would give you a pretty quick indication of how impaired they actually are <laughs> I am very interested though. Like it is a, it's a hot topic um, and it, it can play a part in how long they're going to take to actually get this in play. Like you could not see it this year if they don't have a test that's accurate. And I know how Australia has gone so far with history. They're probably going to wait until they've got something right. Cause once it's out, it's probably going to be out and it's going to stay out. Mm. So um, it, it will be harder to change uh, or revert um, if they find loopholes. So I know they're going to, really like knuckle down and get this right which is good for everyone but uh yeah all we can do is sit here and wait <laughs> i feel like yeah. every episode with driving we come back to it like exciting exciting but uh oh, it is but, bloody hell it is. Yeah, look, <laughs> it's definitely not a um you know a perfect uh solution because you could have like a, um a, a thc isolate product that gets you high but it doesn't have any other cannabinoids in it you know, like CBG. So if, if you were to test that person for CBG, you know, they're high as fuck, but there's no CBG in the system, right? <laughs> so another loophole. There it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I thought you were onto something, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess that the point is that it's food for thought that, um, you know, we're looking at other ways of testing for THC. So mm. it's kind of an update in the space, but... Yeah, it's still not a perfect uh, solution. Hmm. So then speaking of, of, of updates in the space, the, the the next thing on the agenda for interesting developments was an update on TGA approval of MDMA and psilocybin. I know that uh, the, the, there's some um, companies in the space that, that currently distribute medical cannabis who have just got licensing to um, store and distribute MDMA and, and, and psilocybin. So laws are, are changing. And whilst they're not the medical cannabis space, they're certainly similar fields in that they're areas where significant social benefit might be possible, but we're yet to um, really work out what those benefits could be but but I, I, it looks as though in you know 50 years alongside medical cannabis M mdma and psilocybin will will play a role in in or a greater role in, in the medical system in some respect johnny what what are the updates updates there yeah so uh this is another um bit of information that's come through on twitter about how the tga approved 
MDMA and psilocybin for um, for psychotherapy um, uh, and uh, medicinal use. Um, and uh, the interesting thing about this decision was that it kind of did come out of nowhere, right? Like for ages, the TGA was against it. And then all of a sudden, bam, they, they approved it. And everyone was like, whoa, <laughs> where did that come from? So this bit of information that come came through from um, someone on on Twitter who is a uh, science and technology journalist. Um, so they did uh, they wrote a thread about um, what happened behind the scenes to to change the TGA's mind of um, of approving this, and wow. it's quite. Juicy, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, without reading it verbatim, um, there were basically two major reasons uh, why the TGA uh, changed their tune. Um, so, one was um, internal advice that suggested um, the safety concerns might be mitigated by placing the drugs, psilocybin and MDA, into an authorised prescriber pathway. Um, and and so, uh, so for some reason, um, so the, the, the TGA has like a person who um, specifically looks at uh, uh, an application, right? So there's an application being made to make MDMA and psilocybin um uh available for medicinal use and then the the TGA delegates delegates someone to to oversee that application process so the delegate in question who we don't know who that is has been persuaded by um uh, a lobby group who convinced them to um if we put these um drugs on an authorized prescriber pathway um that maybe we could uh get these through but the funny thing is that this um pathway had never been previously considered um and uh it's basically a similar pathway to the cannabis um medicinal cannabis pathway that's exactly right. what I was thinking. With so so yeah. MDMA and psilocybin would still be like almost all cannabis uh, treatments yeah. in Australia. They're, they're unregistered medicines. So so cannabis has been on this pathway for a, a few years now. Yeah. Um. And so it's kind of strange. Like, okay, well, why wasn't this considered before? But let's just park that one to the side, right? <laughs> so, um. So two, the second thing that um apparently convinced them was that there was a study in 2022 in November um, on psilocybin that was a major factor in changing the delegate's mind. Um, however, this study was neither new or especially convincing and it only looked at psilocybin and nothing had really changed in the clinical or you know scientific space around MDMA. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know. So this was a um, a phase two trial, and um, 
uh, the data was uh, available well before, you know, um, the TGA recently discovered this new study. Um, so it's not a new study. It's been around for ages. Um, and there were issues uh, regarding the safety and efficacy of um, efficacy of um, psilocybin in in this in the media. Um, so not only was this um, study known, but also there were some safety issues that were known and um, published in the media too. Um, and one of the conclusions from that study was that longer and larger trials. Um, including comparisons with existing treatments, are required to further confirm the efficacy and safety of psilocybin um, uh, for for um, for medicinal use. Um, so these two factors that are seemingly very strange, they're not very convincing factors, all of a sudden change the TGA's mind. Um, and uh yeah and so one of the um juicy tidbits is that the there was a um there was a report um on the abc news that um on 18th of march this year uh that the tga was actually um being hounded by a particular lobby group to um to pass these uh to approve these medicines and um apparently it got to the point uh where it was borderline harassment and that the boss of the TGA had to step in and stand up for his um for his his workers and try to you know um ignore the harassment that was going on by this um by this lobby group um who i won't name <laughs> <laughs> probably better not to if they're harassing yeah. uh, TGA. um so so it just kind of um as exciting as the news is that psilocybin and mdma were approved for medicinal use through a specific pathway after yeah. meeting um really strict guidelines um it does appear that the the grounds that they were approved on were not scientific or medical but rather um influential mm -hmm. <laughs> you know um possibly uh by you know harassment <laughs> and um um yeah which is just crazy because uh it, and it, it's crazy because even though these medicines may be good for a large amount of people they they may not be right for everyone just like mm -hmm. cannabis might not be right for everyone mm -hmm. and so to give a blanket approval for these and without having done the proper research to really understand what damage can be done um in some uh, uh scientists minds is quite a dangerous uh move and that's why it was so shocking when uh, it, they were approved. So, yeah, so there's just some background info into the approval process of MDMA and psilocybin um, that came through from a journalist online and also the ABC reporting on the influence of a particular lobby group um, pushing for this. And I dare say that that lobby group has some uh, vested interest in um, um you know, are getting these substances approved. So 
they may be um, running these uh, programs or prescribing these medicines or looking to prescribe these medicines in vast numbers in the future. So does that put MDMA and psilocybin uh, on par with a medical cannabis prescription um, in terms of uh, it, it's, it's as simple as uh, no, no, because, prescriber, no? Yeah, no, because there's additional um, uh, things that need to happen for you to get prescribed psilocybin. So there needs to be, um, yeah, an approved prescriber. Yeah. But that approved prescriber has to go, um, has to have an approved um, method or um, treatment protocol. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. And as it stands at the moment, there's no such thing as an a, a, an approved treatment protocol for MDMA and psilocybin. So no one can get it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. And then to, 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 to yeah. further uh, clarify the difference in, in, in pathways relative to, to the cannabis space, whilst uh, in Australia, a doctor can become an authorised prescriber, um, f- that the vast majority of prescriptions are through the special access scheme where an authorised nurse practitioner or any doctor um, can uh, lodge an application to the government on a case-by-case basis. However, it looks as though for psilocybin and, and, and MDMA, it needs to be an authorised prescriber who must be a psychiatrist. And MDMA can only be prescribed for post-traumatic uh, stress disorder, PTSD, and psilocybin only for treatment-resistant mm. depression. So less people go. will be able to prescribe, more narrow uh, the conditions that can be prescribed for and only by an authorised prescriber. But nonetheless, um, lobby groups and the like aside, uh, a, a really interesting development mm. in the space of alternate medicine um, as, as, as more pathways become available for, for, for prospective patients. Mm. Now, I'll tell you what, I reckon we might uh, we might call it there. I know mm. we had one other particularly juicy yeah. uh, topic on the, on the cards, but we might we might table that for another time. Um, I think so. <laughs> this is uh, thank thanks very much for, for for the time, Johnny. This has been interesting development. Very welcome. Space. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll catch you guys. We'll we'll catch you in a fortnight, Johnny, and we'll 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 catch the listeners next week. Thanks Beautiful. very much. For listening, thanks, everyone. Guys.